Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parasha Shemini and at the end of Parasha Shemini it starts talking about what animals are kosher and which ones are not. In several occasions our sages emphasize the importance of, of, of providing a protector barrier between, our, between one's feet and the ground. There's a pasuk in this Torah portion that says, all who walk on their paths among the four-legged animals, those are unclean for you. So it says in the Torah very clearly that for an animal, a mammal, to be kosher, to be able to be ingested by a Jew, it needs to have two signs. One is an open hoof, his, his foot should not be completely closed, like for example a horse would not be rendered kosher. But if you look at the cow's feet, you will see that the, the, the paw of the, of, the, of the cow is completely closed, it's completely open, it looks like this, it's a hoof. So this is one of the renderings that our sages give us, uh, <coughs> that our Torah gives us, in, uh, uh, in being able to distinguish with, between what type of animals we can eat and which ones not. Another sign that is given to us in the Torah is that the animal should chew its cut. So it should be able to chew the food, swallow it, then it will come up again and will chew it again and then swallow it again. It's, that's called a ruminating animal. And these are the two signs of a kosher animal. So, coming back to our topic here about the emphasizing of the importance of a protective sh uh, shield between the ground and the, and, the, and the feet, a person should sell the roof beams of his homes, as the Talmud, they, and, and in order to buy shoes for his feet. So the Torah is telling us here how important it is that a Jew never walks barefoot that it, in a spiritual sense, wearing shoes really is an indication that we are not completely attached to the ground. That we do have a separation between the earthy, earthly world, the material world, and ourselves. We're not completely grounded here. And this is the, the sign of that animal that has an open hoof, is that he has a space between uh, in his hoof in which he allows the, not to be completely on top of the earth. There's a space that is void of earth, and this space allows holiness to come inside. So they go so far, these sages, as to account one who walks barefoot among those who are uh, among those are, who are shunned by God. So God doesn't like people to go around barefoot. This is a shocker. And maybe this is why subconsciously women are so infatuated with shoes. Because if there's something in a woman's closet that is like out of proportion, is the amount of shoes that she owns. And maybe in a subconscious level, a woman has been, has understanding, and she can understand the importance of not being completely connected to, to the earth. It's so much more that women love heels, high heels. They're not only at the level, they're even even higher. So Hasidic teaching speaks of an equal critical need for spiritual shoes. In a physical sense, this is what, it's a, like a, an allegorism to the importance of the spiritual. For a shield between a person and the earth, 
to walk barefoot, barefoot through life is to allow the unmitigated contact between oneself and mundanity and allow the material world to take over us. It's like you're not putting a, like a barrier, like a mejitza, something that will protect you from being completely delirious and in love with the material world. So it is, it, it is, a, um, it is a, our mission as a Jewish people to maintain ourselves holy, to be a light amongst the nations. That's what a Jew is, really, is a person that every mitzvah he does, in reality what it does is that it doesn't allow him to be submerged 100% in the material. And he is owner of the material. The material is not an owner of him. He takes the material world and he elevates it for the, 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 the purpose of elevating the world. So on the one hand, we invite an instinct upon inhibited contact with the holy ground, with those areas and aspects of material world which openly display their divine source and purpose. So what the, what the, the see how the Rebbe is telling us, is that in certain cases we are allowed to walk barefoot and it is in times in which we're touching holy ground. Why? Because this holy ground represents spirituality and one of the cases is when God uh, talked to Moshe Rabbeinu from the burning bush, he said to him, he instructed him, remove your shoes from your feet for the place on which you stand is a holy ground. So when you are in, in, in a holy place and you're in a holy like state of mind, then you're allowed to take off your shoes. By the same token, we see in the Torah that the Kohanim serving in the holy temple also went barefoot. In fact, uh, <clears throat> the service of the Kohanim, if he was not barefoot, it would be rendered uh, not valid. It would be invalid. So the Torah rep repudiation of barefootedness extends to the animal kingdom as well. Only hoofed animals are kosher. If for consumption for the Jew, animals who walk on their paths with no shoe between the soles of their feet and the ground are excluded from our diet. So that's why the animal has to have an open hoof because everything we ingest, everything we eat, really becomes us. We are what we eat. When you eat uh, the food you eat, if you eat uh, uh, animals, uh, these animals have certain characteristics. Every animal has uh, exact characteristics of that animal. And when a person sits down and, and eats a good steak, uh, what he's doing is that the food that he's ingesting, uh, the nutrients go into the body and go into the blood, go into the skin, become part of the cells, it, it regenerates your vision, your skin, everything. So you are what you eat because this is what maintains the, the material in us alive. So we are very careful in what we eat because we want to, uh, to be people that have good character traits. So when you eat, for example, a lion, a lion is a very aggressive animal. And in a way, if you're going to eat a lion, this aggressiveness of that animal is going to be imbued in you. You're going to be also aggressive. So the Zohar tells us that there are three internal governors uh, in man that govern us. And one is the brain, which is, uh, the, uh, in, in Hebrew, it's, it's called the, the, the moach. 
Then we have the left, the heart, and then we have the cavity, which is the liver. These are the three uh, rulers of ourselves. The brain is the seat of the intellect. The, we, from the brain comes our intellect, our sehel, our intelligence, the ability to be able to perceive the world, to be able to, to meditate, to acknowledge. This comes from the brain. And if you see, your, your brain is located in your head and the head is above the rest of the body. So this gives us a, a, an understanding that the most um, in, important part of our behavior comes from the brain and the way in which we think and everything else is gonna be uh, it's gonna be immersed in what you think you what you think is what you end up be speaking and at the end that's what you end up doing so our thoughts have to be heavily guarded and our, and our, and our intellect has to be constantly nourished with good things, with good thoughts, with, with Torah learning, with uh, positivity, and that's the seat of the intellect. And then we have the heart, which it comes above, it's in the torso, and the, and the heart is the seat of our emotions and our character, our personality. Everything's in the heart. And the liver is the most complex of the three, big, and it's even further down. Uh, and it represents the physical self. It's, 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 it's the, where the blood is, is cleansed. So this is the part where our most animalistic nature would be seated. Everything that is animalistic, egocentrical, selfish in us is seated in the liver. So, so there's a beautiful thing that, that I read that comes from the from the Zohar and it says that the Melech, the king, eh, in whom the Moach, the brain, wields the highest authority because a king has to act according to his intelligence, according to his intellect. He knows what's right, what's wrong. He's not thinking about what's good for him. A true king is a person that's doing what Hashem wants him to do. Then the heart is the second in command and both have priority over the Kavet, the liver. So the Melech, the king, is an acronym of Moach, Lev, and Kavet, which are the, 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 the intelligence, the heart, and the liver, and in that order. Because the hierarchy of priorities is also reflect, reflected in the vertical stance of a human body. If you look at a human body, this is first, this is second, and the liver is third. But if you look at an animal, an animal, a four-legged animal usually stands on four feet. So he's not a vertical person, a vertical being. I'm sorry, he's an horizontal being. So his brain, his heart, and his liver, liver are all in the same level. So when a human being behaves um, in a horizontal way, he really is behaving like an animal because the intellect has no control over his emotions and has no control over his actions. So he is behaving like an animal. It's the, 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 the desires, the nature, the animalistic, the animal is hungry. He just goes and kills another animal and eats it up because he's hungry. This is animalistic. A human being, on the other hand, when he's gonna eat, he should uh, use the intellect and he should say, 
say, okay, I'm gonna eat a piece of meat and they, I have to make sure it's kosher. What does it mean kosher? That this animal has an, op an open hoof, has a, a chewing cut, and that it's being the shejita, the way it's, uh, it's a sacrifice, has to be in a holy way, has to be a, a, through a shohet, who has holy thoughts while he's doing uh, the shejita to the animal and he's using the right knife and he's doing the, the for the animal that he should not suffer. He does it in a way that he should not suffer. And so a, a human being or, or a Jew, as we're talking about, should eat in a mindful way, should eat in a different way. It's not, I'm hungry, I'm gonna eat. Let's see what we're gonna have. No, it's, you have to make sure that what you're eating is befitting for your spiritual stance. So, so it says here that <clears throat> Rashi says that from the thousands of species of animals that uh, walk in the, in the world, in the earth, they walk on their paws. There's three examples that would give us a good understanding of, 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 of this uh, way of living of between the brain, the emotions, and the, the heart and the liver. And it gives examples of the dog, the cat, and the bear. And uh, so because these three basic dimensions to man, so there also are three basic dimensions and types of materiality. There's materiality in the intellect aspect, there's materiality in the emotional aspect, and there's materiali materiality in the, in the physical material. So the Talmud notes, for example, that a dog, it's very interesting, a dog recognizes his master. The dog, the master of the house, you know, you have a dog, there's five people living in the house, but the dog, there's one person from the five that for him, he's his master. He's the most important person in the world for him. And he walks into the house and this dog will run and say hi to this person and hug him and lick him and he recognizes his master. And um, the cat, on the other hand, is not, does not recognize his master. You can have 10 people living in a house, five, three, two. For the cat, everybody's the same. He doesn't have one special person that he loves specially. This is characteristics of these animals, but the cat, on the other hand, has very refined traits. The cat is a clean animal, he cleans himself up, and the Torah says that even if, um, if, uh, if, if, if if the, the Torah would have not been given, we would still learn modesty from a cat. So from the character traits of a cat, we can learn a lot of, 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 be, of how being proper, refined. But on the other hand, the dog, in his emotional stance, is not like a cat, he's not refined. You walk in the, in the street and you see a cat, a, a dog, and he sees a, a girl dog, and you know what they do in front of everybody, and they don't care and they're, they're not so clean, and they're, 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 they're just not refined, not like the cat. And then the, 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 the cat, on the other hand, is refined, but he does not acknowledge his master. So acknowledging one master in the spiritual sense is to possess an awareness of Hashem. In our stance, what it means is that a person says, you know what, there's an owner of the world, there's a, a creator, there's a creation, there's something bigger than us, we have to be respectful, and we have this fear and this awe and respect of the creator of the world and a love for everything he gives us, right? And an appreciation. The cat represents that person 
who is this def just deficient in this area? There's people who really, they don't see God in everything. They don't, they don't recognize that things come from God. They don't recognize that if they won the lottery or they did a good month in their business or they're healthy every day or they have a, 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 a roof on their head and they have food in their table every day and nice clothes to wear. They don't recognize where the blessing is coming from. They think it's because they worked hard. I did it myself. Nobody helped me. So his heart may be noble and refined. This type of person may be very educated, may be very proper with other people, very careful not to harm anybody and to not uh, do things that will bring not good to the world. But at the end, he is, um, he is lacking uh, in his intellectual material, material stance. So the dog, on the other hand, he acknowledges his master. His mind is in the right place, but his hoovelessness is expressed in the baseness of his character and emotions. Just like a pig, outside he, 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 he has an open hoof. A pig just lies on the, on the ground and he's like this and he's saying, look, I'm kosher, I'm kosher. In the outside he looks kosher, but inside he's not. So the dog, on one side he believes in God and he's attached to God and he, to his master, but on the other hand, the behavior is lacking. So in the emotional stance, in his material emotional state, he's lacking in this area. So then there is another animal that Rashi also talks about, and that's the bear. And the, this barefooted creature, he's lacking everywhere. He's lacking in his, in his intellectual materiality, he's lacking in his emotional materiality, and he indulges only in his physical drives. His only thing, his only purpose in life is to give himself self-gratification and pleasure and, 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 and enjoy whatever is out there. He's not thinking that if he steps on somebody, he's hurting them. Uh, this is a type of person. There's pe people who are completely narcissists, they're egocentrical, selfish. They're not thinking about anybody but themselves and their self-gratification. So this is one, the one that represents the, the bear, the, the person, the liver, and, it's a per and it says, the Talmud says, so that one of those who eat and drink like a bear are swaddled with flesh like a bear and are restless like a bear. So there's people who live their lives like a bear, there's people who live their lives like a dog, and there's people who live their lives like a cat. But in, in, in reality, a Jew should not be like this. A Jew should be complete. He should not be lacking in his intellectual stance, in his emotional stance, and in his physical stance regarding God and regarding the world. So for an animal to be kosher, it must have the hooves, but an utterly shot creature, such as a camel or a horse, is also unclean because the hooves are not split. And for the purpose of life on earth is not to escape the material. In reality, our job here is not to not eat, not enjoy, not uh, have a pleasure from the world. Hashem wants us to have pleasure from the world. That's why he created such a beautiful world for us, full of beautiful things that we can enjoy. But the reality is that the material world is only here for us to sanctify it and elevate it, to use it with purpose, with meaning, for a holy cause. And in this way, 
really we live in the middle path. Hashem doesn't want us to live in, in, in the extreme sides of life. He doesn't want us to be just so spiritual, so spiritual that we don't even look at his world. And he doesn't want us to be so material, so engrossed in the material that we forget that we are really a, a piece of Hashem in this world. So, so the truth is that to be able to develop the physical world into a, a home for Hashem, then remember the mission of our lives. All these mitzvahs that God gives us, like the mitzvah of eating kosher, really are designed so we can be connected to the truth and be connected to Hashem. So we can really, really live a little higher. So I wish you a blessed week. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.